Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. I'm Scott Pianowski, and welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast presented by Planters satisfying your snack cravings for over 100 years. You know what satisfied me today, or just this overall week? Fantasy football, points, touchdowns, passing. Russell Wilson's been unleashed. And you you mix that with NHL playoffs, NBA playoffs, whatever they call this baseball season. We've never had a sporting calendar with more things intersecting. And so that's been satisfying me. And today we're going to try to satisfy you for props, for gambling, for money lines, for DFS, and, and who better to do that with than with my DGEN in crime, a longtime friend and colleague, Mr. Dalton Del Don. Aloha. What's going on, PL? Excited to talk some week two with you. Let me ask you, let me ask you the most important question, Dalton. Uh, I don't care about your fantasy teams. Did you make any straight cash, homie, in week one? Um, you know, win some, lose some. Uh week one was okay. I would say uh not not my best week, but um I had a, a kind of a getting a feel for the league. I, I said entering, I didn't, I didn't love uh, the slate. I actually uh, be, uh, be, be warned. Uh, I really like week two, just so many reflexive dogs. Uh, I feel much more confident about this week, uh, which of course means nothing, but um, looking forward, this is a thinking forward podcast now, but it wasn't the worst week one. I mean, I think I was about uh, nine and nine and seven in the fantasy pros against the spread. You look like you put some units on something. You were up there on the leaderboard. Yeah. I went 11 and five in staff picks. I, I, I Benefited from a couple of favorable lines because the, the Titans ultimately wouldn't have been a winner on Monday night. A couple of things. I, I did make money on week one, mostly because most of my teases won. But th- this begs the question. I was teasing teams like Baltimore and Buffalo and Pittsburgh, and they would have all won outright. I would have won a lot yeah. more money if I had bet them straight or bet them as parlays. So, you know, I, I guess they call it a tease for a reason. But it is something reassuring about just needing a team to win outright are you a, a tease player is that part of your betting yeah repertoire? i don't know if it is considered sucker or not these days but if you do if you roll it through the right number but yes the, mm-hmm. the answer is i do like uh teases typically i did not go week one but um i, I did have a couple parlays and uh, other other picks involving uh the lions uh you warned me about patricia uh there and that was an <laughs> ugly fourth quarter and then of course we, we both i don't know i think you also did the best bet the Bengals. i mean what a absolutely mm-hmm. brutal ending that was too not you know the call on AJ Green and then the the shank a pot and miss field goal so those were a couple yeah bad they beats. felt like they felt like two of the right sides you also I heard Rufus Peabody our mutual friend talking today on the on the Rotowire show and he was just talking about how if you would just this is funny this is the drum I was beating all year all summer continuity if you just bet the teams with continuity at quarterback or coaching against the team with a quarterback change or a coaching change I, I forget what the record would have been we would have gone like five and two or six and two this past week just betting on continuity against non-continuity. So, you know, sometimes it's Occam's razor. The easiest path can be one of the, the thing, right answer. One of the things, you know, I would point out before we get to these games is, I don't know if you saw, I'm sure you did, but uh, holding was down 78% from last mm-hmm. year's week one. I don't know what we make of that, but it seemingly makes the sport more watchable. And that is significant. I mean, 80% fewer offensive holding penalties were called compared to last year's week one. I mean, that is dramatic. Uh, I'm, I'm for it. I'm for it, too. I mean, you hear the officials a lot of times talk about playoff calls. You know, the idea that if something's not egregious, just let it go. Of course, we, we all remember the calls that they do make, like the offensive pass interference on Michael Gallup or the call on A.J. Green, which I looks like it could have gone either way. Let's get to the Week 2 slate. And uh, the odds we're going to be giving you are from our friends at BetMGM, who has partnered up with Yahoo Sports. And if you want to get in on the action, new users can get a $25 bonus upon registration, no deposit required, 
You can use it immediately and you receive a 100% deposit match up to $1,000 with your first deposit. Sign up at betmgm.com slash yahoo. Promo valid for new users in New Jersey, West Virginia, Indiana, Colorado. They're 21 years or older. Terms apply. We want you on board. We're going to make you some money in week two. Dalton has guaranteed it. He, he hasn't said on the mm-hmm. podcast yet, but uh, I'm telling you, he's promising a big week. Battle of Ohio, Cincinnati at Cleveland. We, we talked about Joe Burrow and those Bengals. It sure felt like they were the right side against the Chargers, but they didn't get the win. They're now catching six points in the Browns' home opener over under pretty tame of 43.5. Dalton, what side do you like here? And uh, any fantasy props or, or, or fantasy uh, angles in this game? Let's talk about this game from a side perspective and from a fantasy perspective. I'll take the six points. I'm sticking with the Bengals being underrated with the market. Uh, I know it was a kind of a slow start to Burroughs' uh, career. Um, these short division, you know, short week divisional game, I, I expect it to be uh, fairly close. So in fantasy terms, I, I actually came away with a, more than a handful of drafts of Mixon and or Nick Chubb and even uh, Burrow. So wasn't the greatest week one. And obviously the whole Chubb versus Kareem Hunt situation, uh, obviously game flow mattered, uh, but it wasn't the greatest week one for there. Um, and the other main thought here is what's up with, uh, you know, Odell Beckham. He's, he's unhappy in Cleveland and Baker Mayfield uh, that, you know, the whole new coaching staff, it looked an awful lot like uh, 2019's version. You don't want to get ahead of yourself. When you look at that Baltimore Cleveland game, Baltimore beats the snot yes. out of Cleveland. Yes. And you ask yourself, is it because Baltimore's just great? I mean, they went 14 and two last year. They're, they're probably the co-Super Bowl favorite with San, with, um, with Kansas City. So is, is that Baltimore great or Cleveland being a mess? Sometimes I wonder with Baker Mayfield, you know, he won a Heisman Trophy at Oklahoma, but Lincoln Riley's a great coach. Look at all the receivers they had there. They had CeeDee Lamb, they had Mark Andrews, they had Hollywood Brown. And then after Baker Mayfield left Oklahoma, they won another Heisman Trophy with Kyler Murray. It, it just makes me wonder yeah. that, you know, maybe that's just a system where anybody would look good. Now, granted, Murray, you know, looked fantastic being near 49ers in week one. Until the Browns show it to me, I'm not believing. I, not, not, granted, the Bengals come off a loss. Burrow had an up-and-down opener. He looked very much a rookie quarterback for most of that day. But I get to grab the six points here. I also think Cleveland uh, – I'm sorry, Cincinnati in the money line at plus 210 might be interesting. As far as player props go, I know Tyler Boyd didn't have a great week one. I think it was shut out at halftime. But they got him going in the second half. You can bet his receiving yards prop at bet MGM, and I think it's 49 and a half. I think that's a stone over. I think he's going to have 70 or 80 yards in this game. And he's a player for fantasy purposes. I would, you know, he was one of my most owned players, one of, one of my wallet guys. I, I'm still a big Tyler Boyd fan. He had, he had a quiet first half, big deal. The Chargers have a pretty good defense anyway. I think it's a good spot for him for fantasy and also as a prop play. Yeah, Burrow fed the slot uh, in college. Man, that was impressive him following that block on that TD run that really did save his uh, fantasy day. So even though I do like the points with the Bengals, uh, if I were to give you one prop, give me Nick Chubb over 70 and a half rushing yards. I believe Geno Atkins uh, and another injury along uh, since he's defensive line will, will help there. And I think they're going to give him the rock. But expect to be a close game. And um, yeah, uh, should be interesting to see uh, Burrow versus Mayfield. I'm also curious, you know, Case Keenum's one great season was under Stefanski in Minnesota. I, in a very deep league where we draft backup quarterbacks, I have Case Keenum. So I'm, uh, I'm kind of hoping I'm, I'm, you know, I don't, I don't wish Baker Mayfield can still make all the commercials he wants, make all the money mm-hmm. off the field. He wants, he probably looked great holding the clipboard. I, I'm kind of holding a torch for Case Keenum. I just want to quietly made him one of the most expensive backups this preseason. You're mm-hmm. absolutely right. In my preseason preview, I said, there's a non-zero chance that Keenum starts for, you know, not because of injury. Uh, I'm with you here. Totally. And that 20 team super league we're in, that's a, an interesting type stash. Like Jalen Hurts has been the guy I've been stashing in these super flex types, but I like that, man. It's, it's crazy. Cause I, I got to tell you, I was the guy dr- ranking Baker. Mayfield number three on my fantasy QBs last year I was in but boy I was wrong so let's get to the Sunday slate the LA Rams fresh off that victory over Dallas they go to Philadelphia I think Carson Wentz was sacked twice since we started this podcast mm-hmm. uh, the Rams are favored on the road one and a half points right now at bet MGM and the over under is 46 and a half sounds like the Eagles are optimistic they'll get Miles Sanders back now unfortunately they won't get the offensive lineman that they're missing can the Eagles get right in this spot, or do you believe the, the Rams team that we saw on Sunday night against Dallas? 
Okay, this is actually one of my favorite bets of the week. Um, uh, I love the Eagles here. Um, not only did the, I think the Rams open minus three. Um, you're listening to Inside the NFL. All Every one of the panels like, how could Aaron Donald not go crazy on this offensive line? Easily the Rams. So that's when you zag, you know. Um, and I, I feel like a, it's, it's a get right LA traveling early. Um, give me the Eagles here for sure. I like this one. Yeah, I immediately took the Eagles and staff pick. Just a zigzag theory that the Rams aren't aren't as good as they looked in week one. The Eagles aren't as bad as they looked in the second half of that game against the Washington football team. And and so it just you see I'm an emotional handicapper. I've I've done this for, you know, as long as I've been playing this game that you, you nobody is as good as they look. You know, the Rams, like people talk about them as an NFC favorite. People talk about the Eagles like they're not gonna make the playoffs or even have a winning record or Whatever it is, I still think Doug Peterson's a good coach. I'm still a Carson Wentz guy. I like that they're getting creative with the two tight ends. They really need to make Goddard almost like a jumbo receiver now because they've had so many injuries on the outside. So I'm going to trust the coaching staff. We both give the check mark to the Eagles there. They, they were up 17 nothing last week, and I think Washington deserves a ton of credit, too. That's a real good defensive line. It wasn't just, oh, Eagles are overwhelmed. I mean, I think Washington deserves credit there. And they get Miles Sanders back. They lost Boston Scott in the middle of that game. I mean, I know running backs don't matter, but when you're down to your third string or mid-game, Deshaun Jackson played limited snaps. Rieger will be healthier. Rager. Um, I, like, I like the Eagles here in a bounce-back spot for sure. Yeah, I like what you mentioned about Miles Sanders, too, because I, I think the whole running backs don't matter thing just went way too far. Of course, running backs matter. The point is, there are a lot of running backs who kind of muddle together, and there are some guys who move the needle. You can't tell me, though, that Boston Scott is as good as Miles Sanders. He just isn't. Yeah, or Corey Clement, especially especially running backs that are a big part of the passing game, too. Great point. Great point. Well, uh, Carolina has a running back, a big pass, part of the passing game in Christian McCaffrey, and they played a very fun, entertaining game with the Raiders last week. Unfortunately, they didn't cover, but 34-30. to 30. And this week they go at Tampa Bay. Uh, Tom Brady looking every bit 43-year-old quarterback. Uh, Tampa Bay an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. Can they get right against this young Carolina defense that was pushed around last week? The over-under is 47-and-a-half. Uh, I took the points here. Um, still unclear how good Tampa Bay is. Uh, Brady, what, joined uh, Blaine Gabbert and Matt Schaub is the only other with three QBs to throw a pick six in three straight games. I didn't think he was that awful, though. Uh, there was He drew a, a couple long PI penalties. Um, so it still remains to be unclear how that situation is going to be there. But now Chris Godwin uh, suddenly in concussion protocol, that would be a loss. So uh, give me you know, eight and a half points in this divisional game against the Bucks team. It's, it's, it's really unclear how good they are. So I'll take the, I'll take the points. Now, last week we saw a compromise Mike Evans. And as you said, Godwin's in the concussion protocol. The Buccaneers have been talking. You, you have to kind of take all Buccaneers talk with a grain of salt because Bruce Arians, you know, if he told me what time it was, I wouldn't expect an honest answer. But they talked up Scotty Miller all summer, and he had a good game. Not a huge game, but he had an active game. I think he had 73 yards in the first game. I'm thinking, I don't have his DFS price in front of me, but if it's 15 bucks or less, I, I think he's going to be an interesting DFS player, maybe a prop in this game. Scotty Miller's absolutely going to, yes. Uh, yeah, Brady looked to him. We'll get increased targets with God without Godwin for sure if that happens. And then, uh, you know, I like DJ Moore on on in on paper here against this run funnel defense. Tampa, I believe they ranked first in DVOA against the run last year. But um, Carlton Davis is an emerging as a shutdown corner on the other side there for Tampa. So maybe DJ Moore isn't uh, you know the best DFS start as I originally thought earlier this week. I think a hidden part of that Saints Tampa Bay game, people see oh New Orleans scored thirty four points. Breeze averaged 5.3 yards per attempt. I mean, I mean, the, the Saints offense did not look good. You know, Kamara's efficiency was bad in that game. It, it gets wiped out by the touchdown deodorant. But um, the Saints offense didn't look good. And I give a lot of that credit to the Tampa Bay defense. I think this defense has always been pretty good. But Winston yeah. sold it down the river constantly last year with the pick sixes and the 30 interceptions. And the reason they wanted Brady in the first place was because they thought he'd take care of the ball. And and so I think the hidden story with this Tampa Bay defense team is that the defense is better than expected. I'm also going to take the points in Carolina. I was encouraged that Teddy Bridgewater threw the ball downfield last week. He was checked down Charlie in New Orleans, but he was playing with kind of with his hair on fire last week. And there's a lot of good skill players here. So I'll say that Bridgewater can keep the Panthers within the eight and a half. Now, one of the f- most important reveals, I think, of the week one season was Pittsburgh. What was Roethlisberger going to do? And, and Ben passed that test. At the Giants, three touchdown passes, 229 yards passing and getting a lot of different guys involved. And then we, we saw changing the guard at running back with Connor got dinged up and, and Benny Snell had to come in. Now Pittsburgh has their home opener against Denver. Pittsburgh is a seven-point favorite. 
pretty low over under 41 and a half, one of the lowest on the slate. I guess it's a nod to how strong Pittsburgh is on defense. Maybe they're going to eat Drew Locke's lunch in this game. How do you feel about the Broncos and the Steelers? I'll take the points, even though I really do believe the Steelers team is a, a Super Bowl threat. Um, you know, the sh- uh, short week for both both teams um, remains to be seen. If Cortland Sutton returns, uh, boy, the Lindsay injury right away opened it up for uh, for Gordon's uh, fantasy managers. Um, I'll take the points here, but honestly, this this was not a game that I felt strongly about either way. Yeah, I, I can't even remember off the top of my head who I picked in staff because I think I took the Broncos, but I'm not positive of that. That just underscores that I wouldn't one. put a penny on this game. Right. This, I don't like the Steelers and, and Broncos off a short week. I, I think it just puts – I mean, it's fair for competitive reasons, but I just think it puts the game in an unusual situation. Did you believe in what you saw of Snell, by the way? I, I mean, they talked about Connor like he was a bell cow, like he'd be their guy. And I know he got dinged up, which opened the path for Snell. But do you think this makes Pittsburgh reevaluate what their personnel is going to be like? I don't know what to make of that situation other than Tomlin supposedly wants one to be the workhorse. So I, I feel like Connor will get another chance. Um, and, and I don't know how much it was the ankle deal, but Snell was re- reportedly much improved this preseason. He did a lot of work in the offseason. So um, he could he could absolutely be super valuable if Connor continues to disappoint and or get injured. But right now I'm taking a wait and see approach. I mean, that's uh, that's one of the tougher situations. But and I got to say, I was one of the people saying, ah, ignoring the injury issues with Connor. But thankfully, in almost all of them, I did back him up with Snell. But yeah, it didn't take long for these guys. Marlon Mack, um, uh, Lindsey. And Connor, those are the three of the most injury-prone backs, and it immediately uh, all went down. Let's get to a game where there's going to be some points. Atlanta, probably my favorite carnival in the NFL right now. They played a high-scoring game against Seattle last week. They go at Dallas, Dak Prescott, and all those fun toys. They didn't have a great opener in that loss to the Rams, but you can see the explosive potential. I still think Dallas on paper probably has the best offense in the NFC. Dallas at home in this game, they're spotting four points, and we get a juicy 51.5 over under what do you think about the falcons and cowboys yeah actually uh in the staff picks made the cowboys my best bet even though i i might lean toward eagles uh, uh later in the week but cowboys i think they're gonna roll they're gonna bounce back here um yeah they obviously disappointed week one but man the home road splits it's not just cooper uh dak prescott has pretty pronounced ones as well and this team still is arguably the best offense i understand the offensive line it could become an issue but um, this Atlanta team, I mean, there's always a risk of a backdoor cover and Matt Ryan will throw another empty 450 yards or whatever. But this is one of my fa- favorite fantasy games of the day. It's uh, the first or second highest total of the week. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in on the Cowboys. I think they're going to get right offensively and put up, uh, you know, maybe a 40 burger, 50 burger approach. You know what I love about the Falcons is that when they get behind late in the game, there are some teams that will run the ball, try to get on the bus. Or they'll pull their starting quarterback, pull the regulars. The Falcons... Treat that garbage time like it's the most important <laughs> football ever played. They hurry up. They play with a sense of urgency. Now, to be fair to Ryan, I think he had 180 yards at halftime. So he was going to have a big game anyway. But this Falcons garbage time thing, I know it doesn't work. A lot of people will say garbage time is a myth. And maybe it is globally. Maybe it doesn't work everywhere. But when the setup is perfect like this, where you have an experienced quarterback, he's got receivers he's comfortable with, and the offense you doesn't mind playing up-tempo, and the Falcons check all those boxes. I'm not even a Todd Gurley fan. I think that feeds the narrative, too. Right now, I, I wish I had – I don't know why I didn't bet on Matt Ryan to lead the league in pass attempts or passing yards because it just seems so obvious if he stays healthy that he's going to be right there at the end of the year in those categories. Yeah, starting even C.D. Lamb in this game. And uh, what, Russell Gage, I made a, a, you know, a, I tried to get after in free agency in leagues in which he was available. Um, I understand that it's not going to get 12 targets every game and Hayden Hurst will be available. But man, it's a narrow tree. The team has to pass, can't run the ball. And what, what if Julio or Ridley goes down? Uh, there's actually upside. You know, it always thinks of running backs going down in front of them. But if one of those two went down, uh, Gage would be a monster, especially in PPR format. Yeah, I'm not a victory lap guy. And God knows I got plenty of things wrong in week one. Uh, I, I faded DeAndre Hopkins all summer. How did how did yeah. that one work out? But I did call on our bold predictions week one. I said Gage would get 100 yards or a touchdown. Nice. Um, nice. He averaged wow. five yards, five catches a game after they traded Sanu. I did get him in that 20-teamer league that we're in, the 400-pick league that I'm in. I got Gage. It just, you know, he, he, much like Scotty Miller, he has the clear path to the number three receiver spot. And the Falcons, I think, are going to throw the ball more than anybody else. Eventually, Hurst will probably step step up his game and his involvement. I don't think Gurley is a good pass catcher anymore. I think it's it's going to be just those four guys. 
Oh, no, he finished literally last in yards per out run among running backs last year, Gurley, by a wide margin, and then had five targets for zero yards, I believe, uh, Sunday. So, yeah, I, yeah, no, he and he ran far fewer routes, too, than he did last year. So, yeah, it's a situation just set up for those three or four guys just get eaten all, all of the yards and points in Atlanta. Now, even though I think the Falcons put up a healthy point total in this game, I'm still going to take Dallas and spot the four, and I think this game will sail over the 51 and a half and be certainly a game to attack. For DFS, here's a game I'm really struggling with: San Francisco at the Jets. Okay, we don't know the status of Kittle. San Francisco still a seven-point favorite. They're coming off the upset loss to Arizona. The Jets really didn't do anything right in the game at Buffalo. And again, the question is: Is, is that Buffalo being good? Is that Adam Gase and the Jets being bad? So the Niners on the road, cross-country trip, spotting the seven. The total is just forty-two and a half. We don't know Kittle's status. Obviously, Debo Samuel can't play for a few games. I've struggled for a survivor pick all week, and I've toyed with the 49ers, but I hate taking a team on the road. I hate taking a team that may be without his best player. I think George Kittle's the best non-quarterback player in the NFL right now. That's how much I love this guy. He's either going to be compromised in this game or sit it out entirely. So this makes no sense. I, right now, I'm leaning towards the Niners in my survivor pick. I, I had trouble with survivor all week. And yet I picked the Jets and staff picks plus the seven. So I, I, don't, I guess that shows how confused this game has me. I definitely like the Jets here, and I'm a Niners fan. Um, I think they can maybe squeak it out, and I'm not going to like push you off Survivor because it's a tough week in Survivor win, is it not? But um, I've definitely liked the Jets and the points here. My guy Jimmy Garoppolo, it's, it's quite clear that he needs ideal conditions, and he often has them with the coaching staff. But when in, in weeks like this when you're missing your center and guard and top three wide receivers possibly, I mean, Ayuk mispracticed again today. Obviously, no Debo. Uh, no Jalen Hurd and Kittle man that injury looked bad at the time I was like I don't care if they lose this game if Kittle's not lost for the season it's a win and who knows he's going to mispractice all this week he still may play um, we have rough start for the Niners everyone else in the division one and all these injuries uh, Richard Sherman is now out placed on IR so as bad as the Jets looked I mean they're at home and um, I, I don't know, I, uh, Crowder will probably catch 15 balls against this banged up defense. So um, could be ugly, low scoring, um, but I definitely like the points, man. When we get to a survivor pick you like, let me know. I, I want to make well, it clear. One of my biggest long running survivor themes is just don't pick road teams, you know, to pick a home team. And that would have saved you the Eagles last week. That would have spared you from the Colts last week. If you just focused on a home team, I think Baltimore was my primary survivor play last week. And that was you know, I know the divisional games can get a little messy sometimes, too, because this familiarity, the team has been to the stadium before and all that. But obviously the Ravens had me relax from from the opening jump right now. What did you say about Kittle? Kittle P now. I forgot. You're right. It's not just the receiving. Dude, last year, their yards per carry went one point five different with him on and off the field. He's that difference maker of a blocker. That's why mm-hmm. PFF graded him as the best player last year. I mean, it's not just like fantasy or whatever. I mean, his blocking is, is equally as important in real life. So sure. just beware. Even if he plays, he's going to be compromised, too. I mean, it, he hyperextended his knee on a poorly ex- executed play. I mean, it was jumping up, it was dangerous. He's lucky he wasn't lost for the year. So that's that's all to say, though. I mean, the, the Jets looked awfully bad themselves, and their whole entire linebacker core was out and all that, too. So don't give me, I mean, I, I get it. So, But anyway, I, I would definitely take the points here. Yeah, I think you have to take the points. Just when a team looks that ugly and the line gets jacked up a little bit, it usually creates a good opportunity. A kind of a similar game with Buffalo and Miami. A Buffalo off a, a really tidy win. Miami, I thought, was very disappointing in their loss to New England. Why did they fire Chad O'Shea? I, I don't know if it's a behind-the-scenes thing. I thought that offense was really humming in the second half, and yet they brought in Changeli, and it looked like the Dolphins had never met each other on offense. Buffalo was a five-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. Low over under, it's just 41 and a half. So they're not expecting a lot of points here. How are you playing the Bills and the Dolphins? I took the points here, um, but I, I don't know. I've been kind of lower on the Bills in the market and it's been to my detriment. It's funny, yesterday on the pod with Harmon, I said how took a, a moment to say, uh, it's great to see John Brown become so reliable at this stage of his career. And then uh, a couple hours later, he's now questionable for this week. But um, yeah, I, I took the divisional game, the, the home dog and the points. Wasn't one of my more favorite uh, games of the week, though. What about you, Pino? Yeah, I, I lean Buffalo. I hate spotting yeah, points I on the road. I, I My whole handicapping theory is to start off predisposed to the underdog anyway. And I, I only go the favorite if I really feel good about them. But if Buffalo had a quarterback who was a star, if they had or even just above average. We don't know really how good Josh Allen is. He's a really good athlete. He's a very good runner. 
Um, he can, we saw last week the good and the bad with Allen. He made a couple of really nice throws. Obviously, he was dynamic as a runner. He missed two wide-open guys in the end zone for touchdowns, and he, and he fumbled twice. Uh, even with that, they won the game comfortably. The Dolphins couldn't handle a physical quarterback last week in um, Cam Newton. I think Allen is probably going to run for like 70 yards in this game. If there's a prop that on Allen's rushing yardage, I would bet over on it. So I lean Buffalo in this game. I'm not sure I would put any money on it. I'm not going to pick them for Survivor, a road a road favorite in a division game that's just like a Survivor disaster. But if I had to make a pick, and of course in staff picks we pick every game, I lean Buffalo. Man, Minnesota, what have they done in that defense? They couldn't do anything right against Green Bay. And then this week they go to an Indianapolis team that all of a sudden is desperate off that shocking loss at Jacksonville. Uh, straight up three for the Colts at home over under is 48 and a half. So, uh, so Philip Rivers threw 17 passes to his running backs last week. I guess what we'll see a lot more of that. Great, great time to be in on Taylor and Hines, probably. But uh, what do you think of the Vikings and Colts? Both teams hugely disappointing uh, last week. Could be high scoring with all those injuries uh, in, in Minnie's defense. Um, I, I took the points here and held my nose. Uh, Philip Rivers. I would have I would switch my pick um, from them winning the division to Tennessee if I had to do it after one game sample of Philip Rivers. I, I would easily make that switch. Um, yeah, I'm a, a Jonathan Taylor guy in, in many leagues. That was nice to see. Hines is uh, is literally in PPR formats. I, I I mean it's like he's Eckler 2.0. I mean if he continues to get goal line carries too, really interesting. But he threw uh, Rivers dumped off to his running backs I believe 38 percent of the time or something uh, week one. So. Um, I will take the points, Minnesota. They're not that bad. I think Kirk Cousins is just fine. Uh, Thielen's going to have a big year. Um, but yeah, I held my nose on that one. Because I'm such a Frank Reich guy, I leaned Indianapolis. This is not a game I think I would bet on. I remembered the Reich-Rivers pairing in San Diego as being more effective than it really was. You know, They were okay when, when, they put, when Reich was the OC there. I don't think Rivers is the ideal quarterback for this team. I do wish I had shares of Paris Campbell. I, I don't know how I missed yeah, that because right. I wasn't in on T.Y. Hilton. I, I think it's just a little bit late in the game for him. And Jack Doyle's kind of a catch-and-fall-down guy. And, and, man, Campbell looks just one week, but it looks like well, one Rivers of the right— Rivers loved the slot. Yeah, he loves feeding Keenan Allen in the slot. So, yeah, sure, Campbell. Sure, sure. Yeah, I think Campbell's going to go down as one of the right answers. So, I lean the Colts. It's nothing crazy. Uh, well, Detroit off that heartbreaking fourth-quarter loss— they're missing all sorts of defensive backs. So it's a great time to go to Green Bay when Aaron Rodgers just played like one of his best games in some time, getting everybody involved. It wasn't just the Adams show. MVS and Lazard also had touchdowns. The Packers are spotting six in this game. Over-under is 48.5. Not sure yet about Galladay, which is a key, obviously, for that Lions passing game. What do you think about the Lions in the pack? Uh, I will take the points here. Buy low, sell high. Um, the, the Lions were going into the fourth quarter uh, totally in control of that game. Galladay would be nice to return in Green Bay. I mean, maybe Aaron Rodgers is just that determined this year, whatever he's going to turn in an MVP type season. Cause man, they left a lot of yards on the field too. My guy MVS, my guy MVS. Remember last week, uh, he actually looked okay despite a million mistakes too. Um, But um, I will take the points here. I still think the lions have enough offense to, to maybe make a backdoor cover here, but obviously the number three pick suddenly being active uh, and, and the coaching problem though. So give me the lions and the points, but don't love it. Yeah, I lean Green Bay, so I guess I'm running with the pack, but I, I probably won't put anything on this game. Only because if Detroit's secondary is that beat up, and if Rodgers is in that fine of form, it just looks like a bad fit. And I guess maybe also, maybe I'm just emotionally scarred because I, I so rarely wanted to bet on anything related to Matt Patricia, but I did have the Lions last week. It was one of my five throwing darts. Felt like a win. Look, I, Patricia's not on the field. It's like you can't blame everything on the coach. I mean, the players have to execute. And, of course, if Swift catches that pass, Detroit would have won anyway. But I don't know. I, I just worried about the secondary. They're missing multiple cornerbacks, and I think it's the wrong time to get Aaron Rodgers. So I, I'll lean. This may be a game I tease with Green Bay. You're obviously, getting a, sick, a, a team favorite in that six to eight-point range is, is often sure. a, a good target for a tease. You get around some of those key numbers. But – I'm not crazy about the side straight up. This is a game. This next game is a game I do like. Uh, the Giants are at Chicago. Chicago's a five and a half point favorite. Another game with a fairly low over under. It's 41 and a half. Aaron, Allen Robinson had a pretty good game week one, but he's not happy with the Bears with his contract. He has wiped everything clean of uh, the Chicago Bears on his Twitter account. Have you ever done that, Dalton? You ever been so mad at, <laughs> at Chris Liss or something that he's wiped out your Twitter account? Well, I, I think I, my Twitter account says lover of Larry David, Radiohead, and Jimmy G. And I strongly considered it after the poor Get rid of Jimmy G. Yeah, exactly. But no, I, 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 let, I let it remain. Larry David's but, okay, though? You're yeah, not down on course. Tom York or anything? 
Yeah, I know. No, I got drinking a latte Larry's uh, coffee mug right now. Well, I, I saw you with a Nirvana shirt. I wasn't sure yeah. if you had traded, uh, you know, Radiohead for Nirvana in a uh, second round pick or no, something like that. No, of course not. No, no, no. Anyone that missed our Radiohead draft on the baseball pod, definitely. Yeah, please check that out. Maybe we'll do a Nirvana yeah. draft one of these. Yeah. What, what I think would be Nirvana would be to take the Giants and the points. I think the Bears are getting too much credit for a game where they play lousy for 45 minutes. Trubisky did play well at the end, but I think the defense isn't as good as it used to be. I don't trust Trubisky at all. And I actually thought Daniel Jones held in pretty well. I know he made that really bad pick at the, at the goal line. You can't have that. But Pittsburgh might have the best defense in football. I think the Giants were more competitive. Than that. I know they, they stuffed Barkley, but I like that the, Gi- the Giants were willing to use Barkley as a receiver, split him out, get him the ball in space. I think the Giants are still going to be a competitive team, and I don't think the Bears should be spotting five and a half to anybody. So give me the G-men. I'm with you. I'm on a lot of dogs this week. I will take the points. It's a short uh, travel week coming off Monday, but um, they're they're facing a really good Steelers team. Hopefully, Danny Dimes doesn't fumble it a couple times here in Chicago. But I think they're they're plenty capable. Uh, and obviously, Trubisky issue there. Yeah, this is a close game. There's no way you'd want to use Chicago and Survivor here. So you definitely take the five and a half points for sure. With you. Okay, so everything's coming up. Titans in the AFC South. They got their win. Although Steven Gostowski sure tried to lose that game, but they he finally made the short kick. They got out of Denver with a win. And what, what else happened in the division? Jacksonville beat the Colts, probably good for Tennessee. And Houston looked terrible against Kansas City. You give the Chiefs a lot of credit for that. So now Jacksonville is at Tennessee. Tennessee, an eight-point favorite. Uh, over-under is just 41 and a half. And some people might say, well, hey, isn't this obvious? Tennessee, big favorite at home. I, I just get nervous with that late game. Not just a Monday mm-hmm. game, but a late game at altitude. You know, maybe they come in a little bit fat and sassy after that game and, and underestimated Jacksonville team that was pretty frisky in that win over the Colt. Obviously, Minshew, 19 of 20. He wasn't throwing the ball much downfield, but he completed it to 10 different passes, uh, pass receivers, which shows you his maturity. I don't know. I, I guess this looks like the obvious survivor play, but I, it makes me nervous. Granted, I was nervous earlier about San Francisco. I still haven't really landed on anything I like. Uh, do you like Tennessee in this game, whether it be straight up or as a survivor pick? All right. So I am leaning Tennessee for my survivor pick. I would have liked it more had they lost, actually, that uh, Monday night. But uh, Jacksonville winning, I do kind of like that. But they don't have a functioning kicker. And now A.J. Brown uh, mispractice. So check on that. It might just be a rest day. Um, so I'm taking the points. So I'm with you. My survivor pick, uh, I'm taking the points on the other side. So I do not feel that strongly about it. And this one may be subject to change, but I do believe in, in, in Tennessee. And they obviously dominated that game, all those missed field goals. And and the, the red zone, it's funny, they went from super efficient to, to lack thereof. But uh, Derrick Henry's in for a monster season if he's going to see a handful of targets too. So I'm leaning Tennessee and survivor. But yeah, I'm with you, Jacksonville. What a uh, Minshew, the first QB week one to do 95% completion percentage, three TDs. Uh, yeah, impressive. James Robinson, if you saw that hurdle, man, I'm in on James Robinson. So I know it's not the greatest situation, but who cares? I'd rather be a fe- uh, he's a feature back there. So I'm I'm very much in on James Robinson. Yeah. Uh, also, I-, I love the fact that Leonard Fournette bashed Min- indirectly bashed Minshew on the way out. He said Tom Brady was the first real quarterback he'd ever played yeah. with. Well, yeah. Minshew was 19 to 20, uh, Leonard Fournette, yeah. while you were five carries, five yards. So, you yeah. know, I, I, the Jaguars are getting the last. I don't, I don't think anybody in Jacksonville is like, wow, we, if only we still had Leonard Fournette. I'm oh. with you on Robinson. Yeah. I'd like to see the Titans make more of an effort to get A.J. Brown the ball. He needs eight to ten targets every Dude. week. I don't care. Even when he's covered, he's open. Obviously, Tannehill missed him on that fade pattern late in that Denver game. But um, they need th- – this is a team that still wants to throw the ball probably fewer than any team in the league. They have the great offensive line. They have Henry, and that's fine. They have a really good defense, too, and I like the way they're coached. But they need – Arthur Smith, I'm, I'm a believer in you, offense coordinator, but A.J. Brown needs to get more involved in this offense, and I, I hope they can figure that out. So let's get to the late slate. And uh, you know the, the best nickname in football, the Washington football team. Why not just go WFT, man? That, that's, you know, like that. they had a stupid nickname for years. It was insensitive. Nobody liked it except for Daniel Snyder. Let's let's go Washington football team. Fresh off their upset win of the Eagles. They had the Arizona. They had an upset win themselves, taking down your Niners. The, the Cardinals are six and a half point favorites in this game over under of 46 and a half. What struck me in the Arizona game last week is that Kyler Murray ran for, I think, 93, 91, 93 yards, something like that. He lost some yardage on kneel downs late in the game. And afterwards, Kyle Shanahan said, I thought we did a good job on Kyler Murray. That's how, and I'm not bagging on Shanahan here. That's how unbelievable Kyler Murray can be at times that he controls the game like he did last week. And Shanahan's like, yeah, I thought we actually contained him pretty well. 
Yeah, except his YPA was modest or whatever, but man, he was tough to defend. And he was drawing all kinds of penalties, like three or four that he would slide and then draw an extra 15 yards. And man, that uh, was truly valuable. But he looks like he's going to be a problem with the NFL uh, this year. Hopkins, what a what a rapport immediately. But having said that, I like Washington a, a decent amount in this game and the points. I, Arizona definitely was impressive, no doubt. They played the Niners three straight games tough. Uh, but I, I'm a believer in this Washington's improved defensive line. Um, Logan Thomas, uh, I'm in on McLaurin's going to have some bigger games and um, I don't know about the running back situation for fantasy uh, fantasy managers but Paskins is going to show improvement this year so I think this is a, this is a live dog on the on the road here and I think that defensive line is the real deal so I like the points here it's probably one of my uh, three or four favorites of the yeah week, I have to take the WFT points and by the way if you like them for a straight up upset you can get them at plus 240 on bet MGM money line if you like Arizona to win straight up it's minus 295 I'm not going to list all the money lines, but of course, if that's the way you like to play, that's all available to you with our friends at BetMGM. I also think Ron Rivera was the right guy at the right time. You know, Washington made a couple of really smart hires. I really like the GM they hired, and I really think Ron Rivera was a, a good hire as head coach as well. Mm-hmm. So Baltimore, Ravens, right now, one of the probably two best teams in football along with Kansas City. They beat the snot out of Cleveland, as I mentioned earlier. Now they go to Houston. Nobody likes Bill O'Brien, and they didn't play very well against, of course, strong Kansas City team. But Houston's getting seven. It sounds like a bloated line to me. Over-under is 46.5. As much as I love the Ravens, I could only take the points in this game. What say you? It's funny. Yeah, I'm taking up most of the dogs here, but I laid the points here. I, I'm going to do the same with the Chiefs coming up. I think these two teams are just so much better than the rest of the pack right now. And uh, Houston, Faden, I, I guess they do have the the extra preparation, but I laid the points here, but obviously I don't feel super confident. Seven points. Laid road, the points, you know, seven on the road. Yeah, okay, I just, yeah. I'm just... Texans are so weird because it's like, oh, I don't trust Bill O'Brien. And, oh, you know, Fuller gets hurt a lot. And Brandon Cooks is the concussion history. But then Watson's such a special player. And the defense, I think, has been overrated for a while, but they do have a couple of key guys. Obviously, Watt can always make a play. I don't know. Maybe Baltimore just you know comes in a little emotionally flat after that really big win over their natural rival. The Browns and Ravens have a natural rivalry because you know the the Ravens did steal the Browns franchise. Maybe it's more of a game for Cleveland than it is for Baltimore. But um, of course, betting against Lamar Jackson is terrifying. And if I do actually do that on Sunday, I'm sure I'll be terrified in about five minutes. Yeah, he looks so, so good. They might even get better. He's throwing the ball down the field. I mean, man, it just looks uh, it looks unstoppable right now. Not only do I think Mark Andrews could finish as the tight end one, uh, if you no, said I could have any tight end no. right now, I would take Mark with a dinged-up Kittle. I would take Mark Andrews. Totally agree with you. Uh, yes, Mark Andrews would be my number one rated fantasy tight end for the rest of the season, for sure. Agreed. So you teased it earlier, the Chiefs. Man, did they look good. And uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who I know you were especially high on, he was your number four overall player before the season. He looked great. I know he didn't get the goal line touchdown. I know he didn't catch any passes, but he looked terrific in that opener. And now that flying Kansas City team goes to Los Angeles. This is the Chargers' first chance at the new stadium, and they're catching eight and a half points in this game. The total is 47 and a half. Uh, you're, you're laying a big number on the road again? Yeah, first of all, it's just so funny that Hilaire, uh, Edwards Hilaire had zero catches, but like six goal line carries. And then Jonathan Taylor had the most receiving yards of all rookies, but gets removed at the goal line. Um, the, the Chiefs offense just looks so, so good. Um, Mike Williams was super impressive, uh, I thought, and he uh, he can make some noise here. But the Chiefs quietly have defended uh, opposing wide receivers pretty well, at least last year. Um, I'm laying the wood here. I know it's a sucker play uh, to lay that many points on the road, but I feel like the Chiefs, maybe even the Ravens, but I feel like the Chiefs, I can just blindly lay the points until the, until the market catches up. I think they're really, really good, and people aren't realizing that for the second half of last year, Mahomes was playing with a dislocated knee because that September last year in his rookie year, I don't know, man. They look unstoppable to me, so I'm laying the wood. And the work that Spagnolo Spagnolo has done with the defense, Steve Spagnolo, the coordinator, yes. I, I think that can't be overlooked either. It's, it, I just ultimately decided it's too many points. You have to pay it a tax to bet Kansas City, uh, a, a team at home getting eight and a half that isn't a bad team because I don't think the Chargers are a bad team. I just reflexively have to lean that way for staff picks for Frank Schwab's, you know, pick and pull, which of course you can run on Yahoo, stuff like that. I'm not going to bet on this game, but I. Don't like spotting eight and a half points on the road. So I just reflexively lean towards the dog in that spot. Sunday night, it's a good one. New England, Belichick, Cam Newton. Uh, they go to Seattle, a rematch of their famous Super Bowl, a rematch of, of many Newton and Wilson games that we've seen in the past. And look, it looked like Seattle 
finally going to let Russ cook. In fact, the, the Falcons admitted they came into that game saying they were going to stop the run. They were kind of found, they were flat footed in that game. They didn't think Seattle would be proactive throwing the ball in the first half. And again, a running back, we don't think of catching the ball. And Chris Carson, he was two touchdown catches in that game. It's funny how a lot of guys, a lot of surprise receivers at running back seem to emerge in week one. We'll see if that's a trend or, or if it's actually something that sticks around for a while. Uh, Seattle's a four-point favorite in this game. The over-under is four and a half, uh, four and a half, 40, 44 and a half. What do you make of Belichick and Carroll and uh, in this matchup Sunday night? What I make of it is I'm going to start my weekly rap column during the afternoon games, which is only just three, by the way. What are these breakups of nine games and three? Can't even get the eight games into the game mix either in the morning either. But yeah, this is a Sunday nighter that I want to watch. Uh, it looks like a, a ho-hum afternoon slate. Uh, I laid the points. Uh, if they really are going to let Russell Wilson throw more on first downs than any other team like they did week one, it's a problem for the rest of the league. And I'd like to see Cam Newton do that, you know, otherwise than at home against Miami. At Seattle, though, you know, that defensive line isn't great. So could be fascinating if they really do scheme Newton that that successfully week in and week out. But um, for now, I, I, I'm, I'm leaning towards Seattle and laying the points. Yeah, I'm leaning towards Seattle, too. I thought New England beat Miami with a button-down offense, a lot of Cam Newton. They only threw 19 passes. Most of them weren't downfield. Now, granted, it's hard. no team is really equipped to handle a running quarterback, especially a physical quarterback like Cam. We'll, we'll see if they can get away with playing that way all season because you, you really don't want your quarterback getting hit that much. But it's also a double-edged sword because the, the league doesn't let you lay the lumber on a quarterback either. So it's, you know, I think New England to win this game is going to have to throw the ball downfield. And I'd like to see if Cam can do it. The Patriots still have great personnel at secondary, but their front seven, all the linebacker losses, I think Seattle can exploit that. So I'm going to take the home Seahawks on Sunday night. Now, Monday night, Las Vegas Raiders. I haven't called them Oakland. I don't think all season that's eventually going to change, but they're uh, at home. Another home dog. Talk about a slate of all these home dogs. Uh, the Saints, I didn't think they looked great in that win over Tampa Bay, but they did win. They did cover. And now they go to Vegas. Saints are a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Over-under is 50-and-a-half. Michael Thomas, high ankle sprain. Sounds like a multiple-week absence for him. As bad as New Orleans' offense looked last week, that's the Raiders of anything special on defense, but I, I, I can't spot this number on the road. Totally with you. I, I like the I, and I've uh, I, I think I got the Raiders wrong. They're going to be better than I than expected. And the same the opposite could be said about New Orleans. You know, I thought Drew Brees was going to be fine, and uh, he had that the pretty solid second half. But if you narrow that second half down to the final month, and it was just all dink and dunk last week. Uh, he's forty one years old. Uh, the decline may be sudden there. Um, I know they won and put up the points, but he was not attacking downfield at all. And now Michael Thomas is going to miss this game. So uh, they better hope Traquan Smith's ready. To, and there were some positive reports this summer, but I'm with you here. Uh, Josh Jacobs looks awesome. And uh, the Raiders at home, for, for sure. I, I like the home dog here. Now let's get to what everybody wants. The Dalton Del Don DFS lock of the week. I talked earlier about Scotty Miller. I, I want to mention, by the way, our producer, Ragu, actually put Miller's name in the uh, outline. I didn't, I didn't read to the bottom of the outline before we started, which probably says something about me. But uh, Scotty Miller, I just looked it up, 13 bucks on DFS. Even if everybody plays for Tampa Bay, I, I love Miller against Carolina. And if you have Godwin out, it just means that Miller could maybe get the double-digit targets. So I, I think Miller at 13 bucks is really intriguing this week. Uh, Dalton, who's a, a DFS must-start for you in week two? Well, I'll give you a couple. I, Mari Cooper at $22, uh, just these massive home road splits. I'm treating him as a borderline top five guy. He's not uh, priced that way. And I think it's going to be a shootout. It's the highest, uh, one of the highest over-unders against Atlanta. And he was targeted uh, relentlessly, even coming off that hamstring uh, injury. And then in that same game, Russell Gage, the aforementioned Russell Gage, just 13 in the Yahoo DFS and uh, yeah, coming off 12 targets. Atlanta figures to be playing from behind a lot. So if you're looking for a, a bargain bin, 13. And then I have to, I'd be remiss if I didn't say Jonathan Taylor at 19 uh, with Marlon Mack popping his tire, getting all those targets in uh, presumably more of the goal line work than Hines. Uh, I, I love Jonathan Taylor uh, at home against you know a, a suddenly vulnerable Minnesota defense for less than twenty bucks. I think you could also punch Naheem Hines at fourteen dollars. I think his price yes. hasn't caught up yet. And they talked about him as an eighty catch guy before the season when they had three running backs. Now they have two. I mean, it used to be a decade ago in fantasy we hated any running back by committee. We wanted bell cows, and now there just aren't that many of them anymore. When you can reduce a running situation to two running backs, 
that's such a huge advantage. And if if they go 70-30 or 65-35 or 60-40, there's going to be plenty for both of these guys. And they're running behind maybe the, the league's best offensive line. So I, I think Taylor and Hines are both in a good and spot. And how much evidence do we need from what, what Rivers has been doing at the Chargers the last couple of years? I mean, it's it's so clear where this is going. I mean, it is just dump off after dump off after dump off. Right. And I, I mentioned this on the, the Monday podcast we do with Andy, Andy Barron's, where we do pickups. The great thing about throwing the dump off to running backs, I'm not talking about wheel routes or you know, the downfield routes. When you just throw up a dump off to a running back, is the defense will let you have it. The, it, the defense is yeah. complicit in this. They're like, yeah, you want to throw a four-yard pass to Naheem Hines? We don't, we don't care. So it's – and Rivers is like, oh, I'll take it. And the defense is like, we'll give it to you. So that's – I don't think teams like say, oh, we're going to stop that. Naheem Hines is killing us with these four-yard catches. They're going to let that happen all day. So I think that's a very bankable, repeatable thing. Uh, let's talk about players to fade. Again, I'll, I'll give props to our producer, Ragu, who mentioned George Kittle, uh, 25 bucks. That sounds really pricey for a guy on the road with an ankle. Um, it doesn't sound like Kittle's going to be headed towards a big game. And the Jets, I still think, have a decent defense. They don't have Jamal Adams anymore. And uh, Seattle, we saw Seattle couldn't stop tight ends last year. They get Adams and they shut down the tight end with Hurst pretty well last week. But I think Kittle is a smart fade. That's our producer, Greg Goose pick. Uh, Dalton, who are you staying away from? in DFS this week. I do totally agree with Kittle because he's not going to be 100%, even a best-case scenario if he's playing. Um, I, I know I mentioned him earlier, but I want to say DJ Moore because it's going to look like it's a great matchup. But uh, Carlton Davis, if he's if he shadows him, it's, it's going to be the opposite of a great matchup. So I would caution uh, D- DJ Moore. You know, I'm a little bit nervous about Deontay Johnson's 16 bucks. I, I know he had the 10 targets Monday night, but Schuster had two touchdowns. Washington had a touchdown. And Chase Claypool, he only touched the ball three times, but they were all effective touches. I think Claypool's good enough that he's going to be a factor right away. And, and maybe that doesn't get in Juju's way. I still think Johnson's a good player, but the idea that he was going to be a breakout, you know, he may be the best receiver in this class. I, I know he led the rookie class in catches last year. I think Johnson might have been just the eyelash overrated in the draft season, in part because I think Claypool, not that Claypool's good enough for fantasy right away, but I think he's good enough to like maybe get 550 or 600 yards as a rookie. And that's going to get in the way of it's just going to make that more of a crowded usage tree. And, and maybe Johnson's the guy who struggles if that's the case. It's also hard to have multiple uh, strong fantasy receivers if you have the league's best defense. You know, that, that usually doesn't help as far as the passing. But they've threw the ball a lot in the past with Roethlisberger. But um, I hope you're wrong about Deontay Johnson because I have a, a, quite too. a few of him. Oh, <laughs> I have a ton. I have a ton of De- uh, Deontay Johnson. And I have a lot of Roethlisberger, too. Uh, one other fade I'll go with is uh, Cam Newton at twenty nine bucks. I know we love running quarterbacks, but Seattle will make him beat him, beat them through the air. And I just don't know that he has rapport with anybody yet. I, I know he had a good completion percentage, but you know, the longest pass play was kind of a gimmick play to a, a lesser tight end. That, that's not going to be there most weeks. I, Nikhil Harry you know, had the goal line uh, pylon fumble. I, I wonder if Belichick will lean on Harry this week. Maybe give him less snaps because we know Belichick hates that pylon play. I. I want to see it with Cam Newton's arm. I know he's a great runner, but this is a league of great runners. You want a great running quarterback, you can go so many other places. You don't have to go to Newton. I think 29 bucks is a trap for him this week. Yeah, two bu- two dollars more, Matt Ryan. I like that situation far greater. And uh, I'm with you on Cam Newton. Uh, he's such a, a dominant goal line runner, and that could just pay the bills in fantasy. But yeah, let's let's actually see him throw the ball downfield uh, when some defenses are scheming to. Uh, to, to face him, but um, I'm rooting for him. I, I hope it is, but I'm with you. I'd be skeptical. You know, Seattle, see, they do get the benefit of no home crowd. Um, you know, typically night games in Seattle were just so ridiculously difficult to play in, but at least you won't have to deal with that. One of the things I just want to mention that um, that you could bet at at betmgm.com is the, the Trevor Lawrence tank ranking. <laughs> okay, the team that's going to have the number one draft pick, which sure looks like Trevor Lawrence. Although if the Big Ten's really going to play football, who knows? I mean, maybe I thought... Lawrence was like a lock to be the number one pick because with so many players not playing this year, there just won't be that much change in in the um, opinions of of different guys. But I don't know. Maybe that could change. Um, Jacksonville's still a plus 550 favorite, even with a win. I'm surprised that Washington's plus 600. I think they're going to win like six or seven games. Uh, The Bengals, the Panthers, the Dolphins are also uh, 550, 550, and 700 respectively. If you had to bet right now on the team on the clock, the Trevor Lawrence tank team, who would you go with? 
People love Justin Fields as well. First of all, I agree with you. The Washington, that's just disrespectful, man. I think they are going to be a, a decent team. And what about my Lions? My long shot. That, that's bad when you're uh, already showing up on the team with most losses there when I had them as making the playoffs. Uh, give me the Jets plus 900. Um, and I even kind of like Sam Darnold too. But that coaching situation, uh, that, that one seems obvious to me. I like Jets plus 900 for sure there. Yeah. Also, I want you to bet on whoever replaces Adam Gase next year. I want you to bet on him as yeah. coach of the year because – they're so misrun. I still think Darnold can be a good player. I like a lot of the p- defensive pieces. And then if a competent coach comes in next year and they go 10 and 6, people might make it out to be like he's a, he's a great coach. When really, I mean, we've seen so much in history getting away from Adam Gase. That's what I want to do. I want to, like, make an arrangement with Adam Gase. I want to work with Adam Gase and then get away from him and see if it will, <laughs> like, maybe spark my career. Maybe I'll, all yeah. this glory and, and money and and uh, fame will come to me. So uh, that's that's the se- secret of life. I think the Jets at plus 900 is a great way to play the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. So Dalton, Del Don, tell us what you're working on this week. Give us a plug for all your fine work. Yeah, I got a sit start coming out Friday mornings. And uh, yeah, just follow me on Twitter at Dalton Del Don. And yeah, good talking uh, some week two with you, PL. Good stuff. Uh, good stuff indeed. Uh, I am also on Twitter, Scott underscore Pianowski, uh, the, the real Scott Pianowski, as it were, uh, not the fake PL. And if you like podcasts, if you enjoyed this show today, man, we got a bunch of them. The Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast comes at you five times a week. Uh, the Gambling Handicapping Degenerate Edition is taped on Wednesday, released on Thursday. The, the next edition you hear will be Liz and Andy breaking down the week two slate. We have a day where Matt and Dalton do props. We have a pickups day. We have a reaction day. You know, this is different flavors, different hosts every day. So uh, you know, listen to the one you like or listen to all five and get to be the smartest person in your league. Of course, the Yahoo Fantasy Baseball Podcast still trucking along, trying to get you to a championship as the season winds down in September. The Yahoo Sports NFL Podcast with Charles Robinson, Therese Paler is a great show. And as Andy often says, it's kind of secretly a fantasy show, too. They do talk a lot of fantasy on that show. And the Yahoo Sports College Podcast, Big Ten football is going to happen. Uh, your old friends Wetzel, Famel. And Pat Forty, our, our old friend from Yahoo, now at Sports Illustrated, they have great chemistry on that show. So a lot of podcasts to download, to rate, review. Got a car ride ahead of you. Need to uh, clear out the cobwebs. You're gonna ride on you ride the treadmill for an hour. Pop one of these shows in, and let us keep you company. You can follow Yahoo Fantasy on Twitter at Yahoo Fantasy. Of course, I'm Scott underscore Pianowski, Dalton Del Don on Twitter. Thanks again to planners. Go buy some mixed nuts. Go buy some cashews, salted snacks. You can't beat them. Andy and Liz tomorrow, previewing week two. That's it, DGens. We're out. It's no secret that our world has been interrupted. A World Interrupted is a daily podcast telling stories of coronavirus and its impact on the economy. We want to cover the issues in the macro, global economics, the stock market, and our political climate. We'll also cover the micro stories, maybe the ones you don't hear as much about in the news or the media. We hope you'll listen and be a part of the journey. So subscribe today on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.